I think that there's been some real recognition of our values and the values we bring to our projects throughout the Hudson Valley. I think that communities, if they don't demand that we do green buildings, they should. And I think they know that. Hello, I'm Kim Vermeer, host of Green in Action, the podcast where we celebrate stories of green leadership in affordable housing. Today's episode finds us in the villages and small cities of New York State's Hudson Valley. You might be surprised that we're talking about green leadership in this region. Most people think that green building is a big city urban thing and that doing green buildings in rural settings is too hard and a rare thing to see. And it is challenging. So our story today takes us to the scenic Hudson Valley in upstate New York, where a housing developer named Rupco is determined to change that. Repco's most recent housing development, Energy Square, opened its doors in 2020. This new 56-unit affordable rental complex is very green. It's seeking LEED Platinum certification. Energy Square, located in Kingston, is also net zero energy which means that the building itself produces at least as much energy as it uses. When people think of net zero energy, they usually think of upscale single-family homes or developments in dense urban areas. But Rupco upended these assumptions. Energy Square serves lower-income and formerly homeless residents and is the first-ever net zero multifamily development in the Hudson Valley. Rupco is doing advanced green building in a rural context, proving that sustainability initiatives are possible for everyone, even outside of big cities. So how did this small nonprofit developer in the Hudson Valley become such a leader in green building? Let's hear their story. My name is Guy Kemp. I'm Vice President of Community Development at Rupco. I've been here for about 15 years. We work primarily in affordable housing and neighborhood reinvestment. We're about a 40-year-old not-for-profit agency located in Kingston in the Mid-Hudson Valley. We'll also hear from Chuck Snyder, Guy's colleague and another key player at Rupco. I'm the Director of Real Estate and Construction. I've been with the agency for just over 13 years. With insights from Guy and Chuck, we'll take a look at Rupco's organizational transformation, learning how this nonprofit developer became a green leader. Before I started with Rupco, I worked primarily in the commercial sector. And I can say I started to see a change, a dramatic change in the industry right around the millennial. Let's go back to the early 2000s, where Repco's green building journey starts. At the time, green building was hardly standard practice. The U.S. Green Building Council, or USGBC, was just getting started. Today, it's the main organization setting sustainability standards for real estate development through their green rating system, Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, or LEED. But when Repco was beginning to pursue green building, USGBC was still in its infancy. I would say that when that stuff started to come out, it was met with some resistance just because nobody knew what it was and we didn't need to make our lives any more difficult than they already were. 
many housing developers, especially in the conventional market, balked at the new methods and the upfront costs of this green building. But others saw it as an opportunity. Guy's introduction to sustainable building came from his experience in community development in his own backyard, where he served on the planning board for seven years. The notion of having green and sustainable development opportunities was something we aspired to in my community. So it was natural for us to pick that up and want to use some of those techniques at RUPCO. And so RUPCO embarked on its first foray into green building, Woodstock Commons and completed it in 2013. A lot of people that don't live in Woodstock think that that's where the festival took place. Woodstock, the festival, it turns out, actually took place in Bethel Woods in a neighboring county. But the hamlet had a bigger problem than confused tourists on a Woodstock pilgrimage. It had a housing problem. Woodstock had plenty of affordable housing, but all of it costs too much. That insight from a Woodstock town supervisor from some 10 years ago still rings too true today. Poor quality and high monthly utility costs makes housing expensive for residents, even if the rent seems cheap. Another problem facing Woodstock was the type of available housing. Often it was uh, in the form of seasonal cottages that had been converted into residential units. The problem was that, that it was just not sustainable, it wasn't comfortable for the residents, there was just an adequate supply of it. The problem in Woodstock is that uh, they were experiencing some of the significant costs that come from a community that hasn't really experienced any development of affordable housing in many, many years. So, Rupko was invited to meet with the Woodstock Affordable Housing Committee to see how together they could address the issue. Together, they decided to go ahead with what became Woodstock Commons. We designed and built for uh, 53 units of housing, all rental, affordable. Um, 20 of those are for seniors and the balance are for families. While the development footprint itself is about nine acres, the project has a lot of natural space around it. The other acres of the site were left in a conservation easement. What's exciting about the site is that it was 28 acres, an infill site, one of the rare ones that you might find sort of nestled between two traditional suburban subdivisions, but just off of the main drag. Rupco went to great lengths to connect Woodstock Commons to nearby neighborhoods. An integral part of their sustainability vision was connectivity, connecting both the buildings and the residents to the surrounding community. It was really designed with a series of, of a trail system to connect it using non-motorized transportation down to the shopping areas and the things of civilization that, that our tenants would need to get to. Those trails connected the suburban residential neighborhoods on either side of Woodstock Commons and added a parkour fitness trail that serves as a community exercise amenity that's available to everyone. At that point, LEED was not a well-established program in New York State. Many developers were not eager to participate given what they perceived to be the added costs to their developments. But driven by its focus on community, 
Rupco participated in the Lead for Neighborhood Development pilot certification program. Lead ND is for projects that combine residential and non-residential uses with the goal to look beyond the scale of buildings to apply green principles to neighborhood planning. Although Lead ND was largely aimed at more urban developments, Rupco saw how the focus on walkability, community connection, and green infrastructure was worthwhile in their rural context. So despite higher initial costs, Rupco took that leap and Woodstock Commons became one of the first projects to participate in the LEED ND pilot program. And the project has many green features besides being LEED ND certified. It has geothermal heat pumps that provide heating and cooling for each apartment along with good ventilation. On-site stormwater management and wetlands protection were also priorities, including during the construction process. The Access road into the project is via a bridge that jumps a small stream. And we built the bridge with a prefabricated system that pretty much spanned the entire stream bed without encroaching upon it at all during construction. Woodstock Commons was a success. Residents were happy, utility bills were low, and all members of the community benefited from the public conservation land and the amenities. With the Woodstock Commons experience under their belt, Rupco was ready for their next opportunity. And this time it was closer to home, not far from Rupco's offices in downtown Kingston. The next project directly following Woodstock Commons is our lace mill project, which was the conversion of a 1903 factory building in the center of Kingston. We're standing in the corner here next to the lace mill um, and this anchor project in the uh, arts district here in Kingston. As we uh, look, uh, look down the corridor here behind me, uh, Cornell Street connects to Broadway. And of course, that's a, a commercial center of Kingston. That's Greg Swansea, Development Director at the City of Kingston from 2012 through 2016. Rupco worked with the city to identify the need for low-cost artist housing with plenty of community space. They wanted to build a place where artists could live affordably and have easy access to space for collaborative projects, exhibits, and performances, like this one from Carl Berger's Musica Poetica group. But avoiding gentrification and preserving the historical character of the century-old building was also a big priority. I happen to have an affinity for old buildings. I love the conversion. Repco is a rural preservation company, so historic preservation is sort of our, our middle name. The important thing about the lace mill from my perspective is that we preserved a factory that laid fallow for about 30 years. And it had at one time been a, a significant hub of activity in the, the city of Kingston. I'm told that the uh, noonday whistle for all of Kingston was attached to the smokestack at the lace mill. In our book, Blueprint for Greening Affordable Housing, Walker Wells, my co-author, and I featured the lace mill because we were so impressed by Rupco's ability to build sustainably for the future while respecting the past. Saving and reusing existing buildings is a very green strategy. 
and the Lace Mill won a Preservation Action Award from the National Trust for Historic Preservation. With the smokestack, brick exterior, and exposed beams, the building looks just like it did in the 1950s when the factory produced laced curtains. But there are many more green features hidden behind the beautifully preserved facade. For example, there's a large solar electric system on the roof that produces almost two-thirds of the energy needed for the common area electricity, including the galleries and the artist collaboration spaces. But the solar panels are hidden from view. If you were walking by, you would never know they're there. The solar panels are just one piece of the emphasis on energy efficiency at the lace mill. Rupco insulated apartment walls to keep the heat in in the winter and out in the summer. They installed water source heat pumps and specified Energy Star qualified lighting and appliances. All of these measures put the residents first, focusing on cost and comfort. Historic preservation and green building are not at odds. In fact, the opposite is true. And at Rupco, Guy and Chuck could see that building sustainably means more than just the latest flashy green features. It means thinking holistically about the entire process. The most sustainable approach to revitalizing our urban core in all of our cities is to keep our existing building stock from going to the landfill. And here we had a significant masonry building that was eligible for listing on both state and federal historic registers. And to not do that would have been a crime. After the break, we get to Rupco's newest and most challenging project yet, Energy Square. Rupco's latest project opened its doors to residents in 2020. The ambitious net zero project mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Energy Square. In so many ways, this is an absolutely transformative project, right in the heart of Midtown and a place that everyone can afford to live. I hope this emanates out and ripples out across our whole county. That's Pat Ryan, Ulster County Executive. At the Lace Mill, the solar panels provided much of the energy for the building's common spaces. But Energy Square is net zero, taking things to the next level. That means that the building itself produces as much energy as it uses, and that includes residents' apartments as well as the common areas. Energy Square is a mixed-use, mixed-income development on the former site of the Mid-City Lanes Bowling Alley. The 56 new units include mostly one-bedroom and studio apartments, along with some two- and three-bedroom homes for families. Nine apartments have been set aside for homeless adults and young adults, and rents range from just under $500 a month to about $1,500 a month. A limited pool of green building designers and contractors can be a challenge in rural areas, but Rupco met this by building their team over time and bringing their team along with them on each new project as they got more complex and deeper into green. I think we've gotten better at what we're trying to do. Um, I think the industry has gotten better as well. I've been blessed with a core group of architects that I work with that have uh, essentially drunk the Kool-Aid. 
And um, I have a contractor that has done most of the projects that we're talking about that has done the same. And as a team, if everybody's on the same page, it's much easier than if, if you're fighting that resistance along the way. Getting more ambitious with every project, Energy Square was made possible with Rupco's growth as an organization. All hands were on deck, the team was in place to tackle even larger green projects. Unlike the Lace Mill, which was a historic preservation project, Energy Square was brand new um, ground up construction. So we had full control over detailing of, of the construction of the building. Repco was eager to provide affordable housing to vulnerable populations in their community and to continue pushing the edge on green strategies. But as always, paying for it is a challenge. To finance this ambitious project, they needed to get creative about where they got their funding. There's no question in our mind that the state of New York really wanted to build their first affordable zero net energy project, and they were delighted that we proposed it. Repco saw an opportunity to harness the state's enthusiasm for net zero energy and qualified for a million dollar grant from the Cleaner, Greener Communities Program at NYSERDA, the state's energy and development authority. They broke ground in September 2018, building Energy Square to standards similar to Passive House. Now the idea behind Passive House is to limit the escape of heat from buildings with good insulation and air sealing so that they don't need a lot of energy for heating or cooling. And Energy Square has a very well insulated and airtight building shell, as well as a large array of solar panels that generate power for the building. We have enough solar PV generation, which is a 320 kW system, to offset the electric usage of all the residential portion of the building. We can pinpoint that um, we're producing about 20% more power than we're using on the residential side of the building. The residents at Energy Square will not be billed separately for their utilities. The heat, the hot water, and electricity are all included in the rent. But Rupco is planning to sub-meter the building so that they can track the energy use over time. Initially, the project was aiming for LEED Gold certification, but through the emphasis on energy efficiency and other green measures, the project has exceeded expectations and they now are achieving LEED Platinum. In maintaining Rupco's commitment to community development, Energy Square also includes 11,000 square feet of space for an elevated urban park, a retail market, a cafe, and office space for a community-based nonprofit, the Center for Creative Education, which provides art education and job training for young people. It feels really wonderful to accomplish some of this. The opportunities that we have are, are going to be impactful, I believe, for the future. And, I, you know, I, I think that it's great if other developers can imitate some of these techniques and, and bring them into their communities, too. Energy Square is a reflection of Rupco's long commitment to sustainability and equity. Rupco demonstrates green leadership by redefining what sustainable development can be and for whom. Their commitment to green building shows that the benefits can be enjoyed by everyone, from overlooked populations like low-income artists and homeless youths to the broader rural community as a whole. 
Repco shows that green is not just for city people, but with commitment and planning it is possible to rise to the challenge of bringing green practices and green benefits to rural communities too. But Guy and Chuck are not content to rest on their laurels after the completion of Energy Square. We asked them how they're looking at the future for affordable housing and sustainability. Me? <laughs> what do I see? So we know a couple of things. The affordable housing market right now, there's no end to it. We could build from now through the next 50 years and not get everybody housed that needs to be housed. No amount of money and not in this decade. Could we build our way out of the circumstance we're in? The supply is not going to meet the demand for the foreseeable future. With these problems in mind, Guy and Chuck see the importance of Repco's work in pushing the envelope of what is possible in affordable housing, especially in their rural context. We're going to have to do some things that are kind of innovative. We're going to have to look at single-family homes that are perhaps overbuilt and out of scale for modern families that tend to be smaller with fewer children. We're going to need to figure out how to make them work harder and be smarter. So that's sort of off on in the horizon for us. Guy advocates for density and sustainability, not only in big cities, but also in small cities like Kingston and in rural areas like the Hudson Valley. This means more multifamily homes, energy efficient designs, and connective amenities, including broadband and access to transportation. And all of the challenges that we see in the urban environment are going to really be important up here in, in the suburbs. Rupco is leading change in New York State, and they will continue to lead by example going into the future. How do they do it? As Chuck told us, one brick at a time. We'll give Guy and Chuck our last words. In my mind, the sustainable building uh, measures that we implement on an affordable housing project are married. You can't build healthy, affordable housing and not have it be energy efficient and sustainable. It became a part of our mission and a part of our operating guidance for all projects going forward. This is the Green in Action podcast, where we explore green leadership in affordable housing. This episode, Net Zero Heroes, was hosted by me, Kimberly Vermeer, and featured the voices of Repco's Guy Kemp and Chuck Snyder. If you would like to learn more about Repco's work, visit their website at www.repco.org. And you can get more insights on the lace mill and other innovative affordable housing developments in my book, Blueprint for Greening Affordable Housing, co-authored with Walker Wells. The book is available from Publisher Island Press, and you can also search for Blueprint for Greening Affordable Housing at www.bookshop.org to support an independent bookstore near you. And of course, you can find it at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. In this episode, we included sound bites from YouTube videos by Rupco, Central Hudson, and Dr. Marsupial, as well as a recording of Carl Berger's Musica Poetica Live at the Lace Mill. We do not own these recordings. This episode was produced by Kimberly Vermeer and Clara Kaufman. Sound engineering and audio editing by Carl Isaac Krulowicz. Music by Matt Vermeer. Kim Vermeer is the executive producer 
Green in Action is an Urban Habitat Initiatives production.